Another amazing week. I am so excited to have my guest today, an icon, a Jewish princess, a wonderful little baby. Uh, We've been friends for a while. She's so iconic. You might know her from Melrose on Glow, Netflix. Remember that? That was iconic. I loved her on that. I, we all loved her. We all loved her on that. Um, she is a stand-up comedian, American Idol alum. She's been in literally everything. She's an actress that you're like, oh god, I've seen her in everything. She's been in everything. I love the optics on this. Okay, that makes me feel good. Thank you. You have. You're. I mean, she's she's so talented. You're probably one of my most talented friends because you can do a little bit of everything. I mean, you can do a lot of everything. And she's a musical comedian. She can sing. Maybe she'll even sing for us on the pod. She's very talented, very funny, very beautiful. Jackie Tone, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. How are you? That intro was above and beyond. I mean it. And it was all true. Yeah, it was all very true. Um, First and foremost, do you fancy yourself a global thought? Um, oh God, I'm really embarrassed right now because I definitely should have looked this up beforehand and now the listeners are going to know that I am not Gen X. What is a thought? A thought is, well, okay, it stands for that hoe over there, but it It does, it's been reclaimed and now it's like thoughty girl, thoughty behavior. You know, honestly, I think globe thoughting is changing what it even means to be a thought. Because a thought is like when you post a thirst trap and you're like an Instagram baddie, you know, oh. like one of those. But I kind of think a thought doesn't even have to be that. I think a thought is just like a woman with vibes. If I said the word baddie, I think the people that know me, like I've got some years on you, but I don't think I can say baddie. I don't think I can say thought. I feel like I'm getting into territory of like Steve Martin saying that's lit. <laughs> that's the territory I feel like I'm I'm on the cusp of. No, because you, but you look 25. So if I heard you say anything, it's any also just funny because I'm talking like I'm 70. No, you're because but you're, it's but it's just like I just feel like I genuinely don't know what a what a thought is. My okay. my boyfriend the other day was like, oh my god, on Insta stories, like he was having to show me. I was like, how does everybody make like the little hearts come up in the in the strips? And he was like, you press the heart, babe. And I was like, oh. Uh. You are like kind of, you know, like just Jewish 70-year-old. 100% always have been. You look 25 and you're like, you know, I won't say your age because I don't know how people are with that. Even though it's public knowledge. 29. 29. But you're like, a, you have a little bit of like 70-year-old Jewish Long Island energy. Have. Yeah. Always have. Since birth. Always have. And I don't think I help myself when I talk about it either because it's like, then everybody starts going like, is she 70? But listen, I don't care. God bless. Skin of a 30-year-old, truly. Skin of a 30-year-old. When you said that, I thought you were going to say skin of a rinky-dinky-dink, and I'm not joking. And I was like, <laughs> where is she going with this? Is this what the kids say? Skin of a... And then I was like, rinky-dink? Okay. Okay. I just We have to get it out up top that Jackie and I, we have a, you know, we are trauma bonded. We, we are trauma bonded. We are trauma bonded. Like, we know each other through stand-up, and we are... Friends separately. However, I uh, we have a weird connection. Weird connection in the sense that I've dated. I dated two of the people I dated. That one of them was truly traumatizing, and 
Jackie dated him many years later. The good news is he's still out there. Being horrible. Being horrible. I think if he knows that you and I do a podcast together, he will absolutely listen to this. So, hey, your time's coming. I just want you to know. What a sad sad man. Um, Also dated somebody else that that you dated. So we are Eskimo sisters a few times. I love it. It's gorgeous. I get it. We're both Jewish. It's sort of taking out, like, what it's actually been adding is the unnecessary middleman of just me and you fucking. Yeah, I think we should. Why have we wasted so much time getting these silly dicks in between our... So should I pre- should I keep recording for that? Or I would should we s- pop? What do you I think? would say keep recording. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep recording. <laughs> keep it going. Let's bring, let's bring podcasts into the bedroom. Let's give, these, let's give these listeners what they want. That's one place podcasts have yet to... This know. is very thought of us. Very thought. See? Mm. You're a little glow thought. Okay, Jackie, I know. So we have some recurring opening questions, but Jackie is lucky that she managed to be a 70-year-old Jew without gut issues. Here's probably how. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I just thought of a great story. So something about me when it comes to, why did I cut off what you were just going to intro? Well, the question is, in case you don't know, is what is your most epic diarrhea story while traveling? But I don't, but Jackie, she was like, I'm blessed with a good gut. Uh, Listen. But now we've remembered that you are a 70-year-old Jew. You have a lot of time. Chelsea is misquoting because I, listen, I've been blessed for a Jew. I've been blessed with an incredible gut. But let me (laughs) tell you this. I'm on omeprazole, famatidine. I'm on... What the hell so, is so that? So who's blessed with a what good gut? That? I drink kombucha 17 times a day. What are I those meds? To, yeah, well, exactly. So I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm blessed with a good gut. I would say as... Um, as a pri- as a proud member of our people, I'm always prepared. And so famatidine, I think, is like the generic for Prilosec. So it's like acid and whatever. Okay. I have the I have Pepto in the bottle. I have Pepto on the tabs. The, the tabs I love because they're like a Tums extra. They're delicious. Because I don't know about you, Pepto to me may as well be, I was going to say TCBY, aging myself again, may as well be Froyo. Okay. I love Pepto. Okay. So I have all the things. So I have like the worst. My acid is so bad, not to get give everybody at home boners, but when... Uh, my acid is so bad that uh, I thought I broke a rib a few years ago because that's where the pain was. And I was like, oh, I have to like go to the hospital. And I went to a doctor and they were like, what about if you do like a 30 day thing of omeprazole? And then I did that and it like made made all my acid go away and all the problems in my life were fine. And I became rich. Just kidding. So did it fill the void? No. Still so much crying. (laughs) So, so, so much crying. And by seasonal depression, you mean all the seasons? So all four seasons? We're around. Okay. And um, so uh, the story I was going to say is I went to Peru, um, that basic bitch, but um, I feel like it was long enough ago where it wasn't like basic yet in 2014 to go to Peru, but maybe it already was. Um, And I brought... I went to a doctor beforehand and got any medication you could possibly need. So I got something called like Cipra, mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. was, a Cipramycin or mm-hmm. something. And it was for if you get that awful stomach or you get some crazy bug, you're literally in the mountains. You're not going to be able to get medication. Even if you were probably in Cusco or one of the major cities, it would be a little bit harder to just like get actual American medication that you would need. Um so I brought all these medications, and when we were hiking, other people got sick. So then I was the doctor oh my God. of the trip, and so I hot. had this, thank you so much, someone needed my medication, and I had like a little crying moment in the tent with him where I was like, if I give them the medication, 
this was like on day two, then I won't have it. And if I get sick, and we were hiking for five days, and I was like, if I get sick, then I'm fucked. And he was like, if you give another person the medication, you won't get sick. And it was like, I just got chills. But it's this weird, like, I don't know if I really believe that, but in the moment I was like, I was like. You really do have chills. I was like, okay. Like if I come through this hard for someone who is so sick and I have the ability not to fucking play God, but if I have the ability to like proper ass save someone in this moment and I don't do that, first of all, that wasn't an option. It wasn't an option not to help the other person. All the only option, the only, the only crying came from like, oh fuck. I took care of myself. I went to the doctor before this. I got multiple, I got various medications I might need for this. By the way, I also bought a fucking oxygen tank. So people were like passing out. <laughs> I had a fucking oxygen tank. We were like getting up there and I was like, <laughs> and I was like yeah. using, there's pictures of me. There's pictures of me. Like we'll have to put them on social media or whatever of just like breathing in. It's insane. But anyway, I had all the things everybody needed that everybody made fun of me for. I had my fanny pack filled with meds, filled with all my fucking shit. And everyone was like, oh yeah. my God, you are again, hundred year old Jew. And everyone needed my fucking of gear. Of course they do. This is, I, I'm the same way. I have a whole kit. I have a whole kit. Everything you could ever, ever imagine. Everything. If your vagina is hurting, I have a pill for of that. Of course. If you, I have a suppository for anything. Of you know? course. I'll shove anything up anyone's ass on any trip. I don't care. But people make fun of me. They're like, oh my God. And it's like, it'll ruin a vacation. And then people are like, is it, is it even fun to like be that prepared and plan for everything? Yes. And I'm like, it. For me, there is no fun unless I know that if I'm, God forbid, on the underground in London and the fucking tube stops, I have a Xanax because now I'm in a, having a panic attack on the tube. So it, I'm, it's called preparedness. No, preparedness is so key. I, I so feel that for you. I think it's genius and perfect because at the end of the day, then you get to just not worry. Like, then you get to just live in the moment and have fun. If, cause you're, whatever. If, if shit goes down, you know, you've got a plan. You don't 100%. have to worry. And, you know, it'll ruin a trip. You paid all that money, spent all that time, planned everything, schlepped all the way there. Why ruin it with like a fucked up, you know, belly? I love that for you. So, did you, did you not get sick? I did not get sick. Well, I, I did not get sick. I guess you And did. what's really wild is they say that like a bunch of people, and I'm not by, <laughs> by no means am I an athlete. I mean, I'm in pretty good shape and um, I hike a lot and do Pilates a lot, but I'm not like a sports athlete. And um, what everybody says is like, you know, this is, it's no joke. Like we all talk about, oh, you're fucking basic. You hiked Machu Picchu, but you're literally climbing a mountain for five days and four nights. And it's nuts. Um... And so many people couldn't walk when it was done. Like men and women alike. Like, like of from our like group. Injuries or just like no, sore and tired? Beyond. I mean, I, I, I wish I knew the mileage. I wish I had like more specifics of the trip. It was a long time ago at this point. But I mean, one of the girls that went with us, um, yeah, she couldn't walk. Like by the end, like two dudes were having to like carry her down. And I was like skipping around. Like, what am I? This is like, like Mulan. Jackie Joyner Kersey. I it's just like, was like, I got it. Boot camp of Milan. 100%. Milan. I, uh, that's a, that sounds like an incredible... Th- what made you want to do that? Um, so, really randomly, this is actually such a fun story. So, I'm friendly with um, the beautiful and talented Sophia Bush. Uh-huh. And I was... It's funny because a bunch of these trips that we're going to talk about were... They weren't like the result of a breakup, but you know how it is. It's like bitches get bangs or a haircut and they're just like, I need to be a new life, new me. Yeah. But that was kind of like, I was like, I got to get out. You I need an escape. I yeah. need an escape. So I had broken up with um, 
my dude and I just was like sad and although I'm not sure if the years of this are quite tracking but I'm pretty sure this is what was happening and I was like at a friend's house in in Santa Monica and I was crying and Soph was there and she was like dude a bunch of us are going to Machu Picchu in uh June of next year she was like or whatever maybe it was that year I remember and she was like, you should come and I was like okay and she was like and, and I was like I'm coming and she was like okay great and then I ended up planning it with this amazing writer personality. His name is Jedediah Jenkins, and he's killing it and writing. He's a fucking incredible author, and follow him on Instagram. Damn, if you want a good time, you want if you have wanderlust, you can. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh God, it's like satisfying. That I know. Yeah, I know. quench. Yes, qu- yeah, quench. Thank you. You could quench your wanderlust by even just looking at his fucking Instagram. But anyway, he and I ended up planning the trip. But if I'm being honest, mostly I planned the trip. But because life is so funny, I was at a dinner a week prior. And I was like a a couple friends of mine mentioned going to Machu Picchu. And I think more than anything, I was trying to be, I didn't have anything going on in my life. And I was, these people were like industry. I don't know. I think I was like, just maybe, maybe I was just saying I was going to go and I don't know if I was really going to go. I just was like, oh, I might be going to Machu Picchu in June, you know, it's a world traveler. And <laughs> these two women, um, one of whom is a, still one of my closest friends to this day. Her name is Barbara Fiorentino and she was a casting director. Now she's runs casting at Hulu and she's a bad bitch. And she was like, oh my God, me and two of my girlfriends just got back from Machu Picchu. I will send you my entire itinerary head to toe, the best hotels, the best hikes, the best uh, company to go through. They're called Trek with Alpaca to get your guide and go through the mountains and do the hike. And there's a four-day trek and a three-day trek, or you can go the Salkante Trail or the regular trail. The regular trail was full. So we ended up going in Altway, which was the Salkante, Salkante Trek. And apparently it's like better and less populated. It takes a little longer. And we were like, oh, fuck yeah. But what was so exciting was I had my entire itinerary. So I'm calling Hotel Rumi Punku and Hotel Tierra Viva and all these hotels in, um, I was basically the travel agent and I got this all together and little by little, Soph couldn't go. And then she was like, hey, my buddy Corey wants to come. Corey, he's a, he's a photographer model named Corey Tran. He's married to, who's that gorgeous girl that was in Slumdog? Frida Pinto. Oh, my God. He's what? married to Frida, and they have a gorgeous kid. He came, Lauren Paul, Aaron Paul's wife. She came. Jed came. Me. It was like, I didn't know I didn't know one of these people. A star-studded event. I didn't it was know. like award season at Machu Picchu. What's funny is I didn't know one of these people, and kind of none of us had shit going on. Like, Jed was, like, writing a little bit, but didn't have anything going on. I didn't have anything going on. It was, like, insane. We all just, like, showed up, and no one so knew each fun. other. And there was someone else. There was an Israeli kid named Udi. He, he DM'd somebody, I think Corey. So Corey was a last-minute addition, and he was like, can my buddy Udi come through Instagram? And we were like, okay. So then this ragtag fucking group, and we kept calling the company, like, can another person come? And they were like, yeah, sure. This is such a fun trip. So how long were you there? Um... I think total it was like seven days. Of hiking up Machu Picchu. I think we were in Cusco for like a day or two doing hot springs and living and getting accustomed to the altitude. Yeah. Then we took the little shuttle that took us to like our base with um, with, tre- with Trek with Alpaca, the, our, our guides. Okay. And it was, um, I mean, I've had some pretty special trips, but it was like, 
it was easily one of the highlights of of my life on on this planet. That is such a great trip. It was unbelievable. What and I didn't know one of these people. That's insane. Insane. But like there were so f- random ragtags, and I was like, it'll be fine. But also, like you're just—I uh, mean, who cares? Often when you're traveling with people, it's such a intense Ugh. experience that you know it doesn't. You don't need to know. You're just getting through something really insane together. It's very bonding. I met a man in a Starbucks when we got back. We had only two days in town, and we had a mad fling for those two days, and then he became my boyfriend for a year. I have I have had and he lived in he lived in Canada but a lot of the time he was still in oh Peru. I remember I remember this guy mm-hmm. wait I remember this guy I think when I met you was around this time probably yeah wait I have met so many guys I ended up dating for a long time right after I got back from a trip because you're, you're like yes so, you're like glowing you're so like open you're like the universe provides <laughs> and you're just like I'm living in my element and, and you're, you're levitating you're levitating and you're just like you're so because when you're I like was sun kissed when I was in that Starbucks when we got back to Cusco by the way what a fucking douche that I'm like in the middle the center of Peru and I'm like is there a bucks around here <laughs> like, okay but I go in and he's sitting there and he was studying for his PhD and he's like on on his computer, he had this gorgeous beard and his glasses, and he just was, like, so hot. And, um, you know, we ultimately, I think, didn't have enough in common. He's a political science PhD, and I'm a clown. And it could have been really nice, but it just – and it was. It was for a minute, but it, it definitely wasn't wasn't the thing thing. That's a fun but it story. It was, was a great story, yeah. but like I certainly, you know, obviously not. Needless to say, wasn't doing. Is you know, I think we both have stories in our lives where we're like, this will make a good story. Definitely wasn't that. And he came to L.A. a bunch, and then he was in Vancouver. I went up there. Yeah, yeah, man. That sounds like a really cool trip. I mean, highly recommend. I just want, I just want to put it out there. If you're ever going to hike some crazy thing or doing something, whatever, and you need a lot of randos, please. Include me in this lineup of people because I wanted that sounds like a really cool trip. It was so gorgeous. And you know what was really interesting? I spent a lot of time alone on that trip. A lot of time alone. And I loved the people I was hiking with. But a lot of them like knew each other yeah. and they were closer. Yeah. And so like they would get in little packs and there was no feeling of like, mm. you know, I think in, in LA or in life there can be things of like why aren't I? But it didn't feel like that. It we just felt like such a crew. And we so were alone when we were alone and we were with other with other people and I just I marvel so much at that trip that not only did I feel 100% the whole time I felt like 280% the whole time like I don't remember having a single body sore oh that's another thing I looked up everything beforehand and so it was like bring moleskin for your blisters bring blister covers bring heavy socks the number one thing you want in your pack is a change of socks because if your ones are too thick then you're going to want to go thinner or you're going to want to change them and this and that and have big band-aids and moleskin so I was literally people would come up to me and be like do you have any extra band-aids or any extra moleskin and I would just open my fanny pack and be like bandaging people and I never I mean I I moleskinned and band-aided myself too but I like never needed. It was wild. I. Did, how did that feel to be like the kind of the um, 
the the I don't, what's the word like the chief quench medical oh um, <laughs> how do I feel to quench sure. the troop no but I'm, I'm always like, the being chief medical like, like I remember <laughs> I know this is what's crazy I remember and this is a this story is such a fucking non sequitur but I did um it's funny because every podcast asks me about this and you're the first podcast that's not going to ask me about it and I'm whatever fine talking about it but I don't love it and here I am now bringing it up longest fucking preface ever but anyway I was on American Idol and I was the same person on. I remember being this Machu Picchu thing, feeling like, oh, this is how I felt like in the hotels and living with the other contestants at Idol. Like everyone was coming to me for everything. It was like, do you have Tums? Do you have Band Aids? Do you have this? Do you have that? And it was like, there was no medic. There was no. They I were like, taking care of us like that. So I, like I had everything. I think it's nice to have that on a trip, like somebody who is like the the healer of the of the group, because you know you. It's nice to be needed. Totally. And it's nice to like help people. And even on your trip when it's very like a lot of like vacations and whatever, they're very self-serving. They're very like base pleasures. And you're just kind of like really just soaking up a lot of like, I don't know. Something I learned about myself though is that I don't, I don't tend to like those trips. Like I don't tend to yeah. want to be invited to a beach no. and be on a hammock. Right. Like we're not, not going to I, Turks and Caicos. No. Yeah. <laughs> not not that I want. I'm not going to Turks or Caicos. No. And not that <laughs> I not that I want to even like be. I don't need to like. I was thinking about um, my buddy used to drink black coffee, and I was like, well, dude, just put something in it. And he was like, nah, just it it need. I need to work for it. Like it needs to sting. Like he it, he felt like there was something weird about like he was like I don't make coffee delicious I just I I do it like I do it and that's sort of is he white Yeah yeah he has to suffer somehow he has in to life. suffer That's true yeah. Um nothing bad has ever happened to him in his whole I life could Just so. text you who it yeah. is um, uh. But uh, but if that's how I a little bit how I feel about vacations It's like it's not I don't I don't really want to I guess maybe that speaks to a lot of my psychology but like I'm just not a very good relaxer and so the places I've gone that were just like required something of you to like well they they definitely I'm the same way I like to go and like feel like I'm well there's a difference between vacationing and traveling and you want to travel is what I feel like you want to really experience something grow somehow learn something it's like you it's it's like why people like to do mushrooms Mm -hmm. it does feel like work while you're doing it but you feel better after um okay well we do have a second opening question we um, uh these poor fucking people we've been talking for 45 minutes you know what opening questions well but you know what we already got to the peru stuff so it's like i feel like we like kind of you know we're we're, we're diying we're diying but keep uh, it i told you keep it the itinerary is loose the itinerary is loose we are just showing up and seeing what happens learn thought and then w- no rules after that. <laughs> um, the second opening question that I would love to know is like, and I feel like you'll have a great answer, is like, have you ever gotten an epic fight while traveling? And if you haven't gotten a fight, maybe just because you are like pretty, you're like a sweetheart. I don't think you like confrontation too much. I can't imagine a lot you love, of things to tell you about this. But do you, is there anything that really annoys you while you're traveling? Like, I'll tell you this. Like, this let me, is, t- let me tell you this. Okay. I have no problem with confrontation. Really? None. Um, in fact, I've so no problem with confrontation that I think I don't ever mean to be confrontational, but what I don't want to do is experience an injustice and not like, it makes me feel really bad after some like bullshit happens. If I didn't like say something to the person and not in like a screamy aggro way, but just like, Oh, I hate, I hated that. What was like, what, yeah. you know, I have no problem mm-hmm. like bringing up a thing that like, I really didn't like. And mm-hmm. I also have no problem if I think someone's weird with me to be like, hi, what's the vibe? Like, did I, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm more often than not, I just assume I did something. I ran into a homegirl yesterday and my opener 
which I could do better. I'm uh, old enough to know. And I was so fucking happy to see her. But I felt like I had DM'd her a bunch of times to come over. And I, and she never did, which was fine. Um, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to ask anymore. I was a little butthurt. I was like, I'm not going to keep being like, come over. And then when I saw her yesterday, it was so delicious and wonderful to see her that I was like, oh, I think I, I don't know if I even have the receipts on this. Like I may have just been like in my own bullshit, like, thinking about it mm-hmm. but that was that was more of an example of like how not opposed to confrontation I am like the second I saw her I couldn't wait to be like oh, is everything okay are we something where I think other people would have just been like oh it's fine I'm happy to see her and we're cool and but I like had to figure it out yeah so for me it's not that I am afraid or welcome confrontation I can't sit in the discomfort of not knowing yes and so if something bullshit happens like out and about for me I'm sitting in a discomfort of like well what the fuck was that now I feel like shit about that. Yeah. I need to like we need clean, to I need to clean that up. Or if anything, it's like cleaning my own side of the street, but that's gonna like involve a conversation with you in some way. Can't imagine why the guys who like me also like Jackie, because we <laughs> couldn't be more dissimilar, right? We couldn't be any I mean two of us, just nothing nothing, nothing in, common. in common. Nothing in common. It's as we've always said. Always said. Um okay, so, Wait, is so there, the question is like, was there a fight? Was there and a fight? Like, yeah. Well what where I was in what's interesting is that I kind of we already touched on this was like so many of these trips I have these little like I tried to travel internationally once a year once I realized that was like in my heart I did this trip to Israel and then I was like oh shit I gotta get out of this country like once a year so I did that 2014 to 18 and I'm realizing like a bunch of these are the result of like breakups (laughs) so or like big changes in my life where I was like oh my god I haven't had any time this year I need to just like escape so I feel like almost the worst fights were before the were before the travel as opposed to on the travel. Okay. Um, but things that bother me, one of the worst things that happened to me, and this was very much something I brought up, um, my homegirl and I went to Copenhagen and Stockholm in 2017, mm-hmm. and that was when I learned I don't want to travel to other cities unless, this, they're, unless they don't have an H&M. Like, I was in, like, the center of Stockholm and the center of Copenhagen, and I was like, oh, these are just, this is, like, tiny New York or tiny Toronto. Like, I don't, then when you go outside of Copenhagen or outside of Stockholm, of course, there's gorgeous things to see, but I don't know that we really planned that trip as well as we should have, and it just felt like we flew really far to just be in some cities. To go to Zara. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) To literally go to Zara and H&M, and we were, like, on these, like, cobblestone roads which were tight but I was like oh literally that's an urban and this was this, it wasn't but then thank god this gal Britta um, who lives in Stockholm rescued us but I'll get there so the, the the major drama when we got to Stockholm and of course this one was after a breakup was that we booked this hotel in Stockholm and it was a 375 for a night and only had one bed and we were like okay it's not going to be terrible that's kind of expensive but Our other hotels were like 100 here and there, and it was like no big thing. But then everything became unavailable on the weekend. We were like, what the fuck? We get to Stockholm, and it turns out that the fucking Swedish design conference, all that Sweden cares about is design. Like, all right? You'd like Ikea? That's Sweden. Correct. And all this gorgeous Swedish. So we were like, wait a minute. The Swedish Design Conference, the international Swedish Design Conference that everyone in the world who's into interior and exterior design and anything comes to Sweden that weekend. We happened to be there. So we got this tiny hotel room for 375. And there were so we we got we checked our bags. We moved out of our Airbnb because it became unavailable that weekend. We were obsessed with our Airbnb over this fucking body of water. It was just gorgeous. We get into we check into the hotel. Um, we go up to our room. 
The room is, I'm being real, maybe nine feet by nine feet. Like eight a door, feet by eight a feet. dorm room. What, I, I went to college quarter of the, half the size of a dorm room. Oh, my God. The bed touched three of the walls. Oh, wow. The, the, the fuller queen bed touched three of the walls. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And you couldn't open, close the, open the bathroom door all the way because the bathroom door hit the bed. Yeah. And there were no windows. Yeah. You were in a prison cell. I was in a prison cell. And my friend who I was traveling with, funny because like I'm the anxious neurotic one, which was making me laugh when you were saying I was the healer because that's <laughs> a nice thing to say. I mean, I think I'm more the neurotic helper than a healer, but maybe, I don't know. I like that. But anyway, so we're in It's Stockholm. all PR, honey. It's all PR. Take it. I'm a healer. She heals. <laughs> <laughs> You got a weak gut, bring it to her. She's got Prilosec. She's got Fematidine. She's got Omeprazole. She's got Tums. she got Pepto. Um, and I have all of the Whoever organic. this person that lives inside of you that was, please let them know. Big fan. Of course. Love I'll, whoever I'll, that was. I'll let her know. Um, I'll let her know. She's me. So <laughs> my friend freaks out. She starts panicking. And we go down. And that's when we learn that it's the... So we're like, hey, can we get a different room? This costs like 400 bucks and there's no window. And in fact, there was a picture of a window on the wall. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God. There's a picture of a window on the That's wall. That's patronizing. Hilarious. That 100%. is truly patronizing. Okay, talk down to me more, Sweden. Truly. So we were like, this is absolutely unacceptable. Like, no. And we went down to the front. He was like, there's the design conference this weekend. If you cancel this room. You have nothing. You, no, truly, you will be sleeping on the street. And so we called this girl, Britta, who I didn't even know, who a friend of mine who I just done a movie with was like, oh, if you're going to Sweden, hit my friend. And this is why I love traveling, similar to Peru. He was like, hit my friend Britta while you're in Peru. And I was like, fucking okay. So we got there and I was like, hey, I'm, uh, you know, Barrick Hardly? Yes. I was like, I'm Barrick's friend. We just did a movie together. And she was like, uh, oh my God, great. So we, I'd never met her in my life. Charles, I call, called her. I said, I'm crying. I go, hi, Britta. It's Jackie, Barrick's friend. I know we were going to like have plans at someday and make go to a park, but do you have any recommendations? Jess and I have nowhere to sleep. <laughs> and she was like, I'm coming to get you. You can stay at my house in the Swedish countryside. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Excuse me. Picked us up in her Volvo. Two crying bitch <laughs> pussy. Luna, I mean, bitch, not mean. Like, bitch ass girls yeah. from LA. But also, like, the girl that I was with is like, a meditator and calm right. and nothing really gets in her way. And I'm like a neurotic one. And in that situation, this room was so small and so claustrophobic that she was like, she was like, out. I can't, I was like, dude, we're not gonna be able to close the door at night to sleep. We're going to feel like we're in a prison and two of us in there. It just was not no windows. Yeah. And I was like, so let's just like leave. A patronizing the, photo of a, of a uh-huh, 100%, not even a blurry. <laughs> just screaming at yeah, you while you're sleeping. I was like, but at least get it in focus, gang. Yeah. So then it was so <laughs> shitty. And then Britta picked us up and she drove us actually just to her house, like in the suburbs outside Stockholm. And then she was like, we need to go to our country house. And we were like, take us anywhere. And she changed our entire trip. That trip would have been a wash without her. And not only was it not a wash, it was like beautiful, glorious. Swedish countryside is so cool. I was, And we were staying in like this barn with her in this gorgeous house. And she, did, she didn't have her son at the time, but she had her daughter. And we met her parents oh and God. her husband's son. And we like stayed on their bunk beds. And it just was like the most special 
It was incredible. I always think it's so interesting that like when you're home in your hometown and you don't have the same like, I'll just reach out to someone and like whatever. It's like you, you have, you're like, oh, people are doing, and then you go like, across the world and you're like, it, sometimes I guess it makes you desperate enough that you're willing to just be like, I'm going to reach out for 100%. help. And people are always willing to help you. One. I s- I've slept in the weirdest places around the world. But I was going to say, and it feels sort of international because don't you kind of feel like in the States there's this sense of like if you uh, maybe not but I'm like if you went to Kentucky and your homie was like my cousin's in Kentucky hit her up you'd be like all good Joe I'll get an Airbnb my guy yeah but then you're in Stockholm and you're like hello Brita (laughs) can you come get me and my other friend who's a stranger to you also (laughs) hi is this Brita (laughs) and you're like just crying to a stranger in Sweden and it's like but if anyway like they have nothing else to do yeah she's fucking she's by the way she's like um an influencer, but like that, the word isn't so cheesy over there. She's sort of like a hot TV. Star. Oh my God, she's amazing. She's Just for the, you. She's the coolest, hottest, smartest person. So and she it's makes like, me sick. And it's like, we're not worried about the day. I mean, I guess with a woman, there's not the inherent dangers. You no, know, that's You wouldn't true. necessarily call a guy and be like, can I sleep at your house? Unless you were like homeless. With, yeah. Right, well, you, <laughs> or with a girl. Well, you would if you told me. If you were like, oh, my buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My that's buddy true, Rolf that's true. lives in Copenhagen. Rolf. I'd be like, okay. My, yeah, yeah, Jensen like, would love to buddy, have you. <laughs> that's right. My buddy Rolf Jensen Svenskovic <laughs> lives in <laughs> Stockholm. Smorgasbord would love to have you. Smorgasburg. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, did I ever tell you that I was basically engaged to a Danish DJ? When? When I was 19. I followed him to Denmark. Yeah. Why? You know, was probably going through. I was studying. Where did you grow up? Here in LA. Okay. I'm from the Valley. But I lived in like f- six different countries. So I, but I, I was studying abroad at the time. And my, so I, when I went to boarding school, my, my roommate in high school was Did Danish. you go to boarding school because you were a dick? No, I went to an arts oh. academy. I went to oh, Idlewild. Okay. Oh, know? yeah, of Yeah, I know Idlewild. So I went to an arts academy. So, like, everyone there was just gay artists. It was mm. awesome. But one of my roommates there was from Denmark. And so when a couple years later when I was in college and studying abroad in Italy, I went to go visit her. And I met this DJ. And we ended up, you know, having this whirlwind romance. Did he have an accent? Oh, yes. He had a very thick accent. Because Britta doesn't even have an accent when she speaks. Not, no, that, she's, not, not that I almost married her, but I kind of want to. But she doesn't have an accent, and it's wild. She speaks English like we speak English, and it's like, what do you, how? They watch a lot of, I mean, also because the languages are very small, like five million people speak Swedish. Know. You know what I mean? So it's like they have to learn English. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, so I spent a lot of time in Denmark, and my car broke down in Sweden. A lot's gone down for me in Sweden. Wow. Yeah. I also, I too spent time in the Swedish countryside, but just at the side of a highway instead of, you right, know, right, at right. Britta's house. It's almost but, as sad. But it's such a great, I mean, it's beautiful. Oh, it's And gorgeous. if you're like into design, they have just beautiful architecture, Everything. and the clothing is cool. Everyone looks hot and cool. Even you go into stores that aren't selling furniture but the furniture that's just in the store yeah. you're like why is this everything gorgeous I feel like Sweden is to like design as like Italy is to food like 100%. it's offensive mm-hmm. to have bad poor design it would be like we're not going to insult you by making you come into a store and looking at ugly shit and you know? then being there during the international Swedish design conference so did you go to a swanky soiree here's what actually sucks it's like we didn't fucking go to it because it was sold out but also, you were like in the countryside now, right? But like when we, if we were there, you would, you were gonna be able that to go. Would have been amazing. No, we no, we you, tried. If you we had were like stayed there, you would have found someone. You would have yeah, we would have schmoozed it in. But yeah. we were like so happy to be rescued at that point per night. I think it was equal, like with taxes and surcharges and everything else. And we were there for three nights. It's a lot and of it was money. Fifteen hundred bucks, and we were like to stay in a fucking sarcophagus. Shoebox. How about not? <laughs> 
What are you, a mummy? What am I? What am I? I wish. No. All right. It got sad. <laughs> uh, no, we're good. I, mean, I It was a mommy joke, but now people, th- when I said mommy, then maybe people wish, thought I wished I was dead. And then it just got sad. I'm not sad. Great. Are you sad? No. Th- I'm, I, I, honestly, I've, I've been feeling very good as of January 2023. I was like not feeling my hottest, bestest, bestest in the second half of 2022. Why? What's going on? I don't know. It was this really weird um, mental health. I um, I don't know. Um, Does something like trigger it? Or is it no. just like generally a case? You got a case of the sads. I, it, it was like the sads, but it wasn't even like, I can't even remember being that sad. Like my dude is the best and we were having an amazing time and like hanging with our friends and doing fun, cool weekends and stuff. So it wasn't even like sad. It was more like I didn't feel super creative. I didn't feel super motivated. Every time I went to go start something creatively, I was like doing the thing that I hear from other people that a lot of people do, which is just like, oh, why would it? No one wants to hear this. This is like no one's interested in this. And I always say to those people, like, what the fuck you doing? Just make the thing and we can figure out after if anybody wants to watch it. But don't self-defeat. Mm-hmm. And I started to get never been that way. You know this. I've been just like such a monster mover, goer, doer. And it's just like a, not a steamroller, but like no, not you, steamrolling other people, no, but like you're, my own life. Yeah. Like I, I on the prize and let's fucking go. Yeah. You ha- and then you for are, like a yeah. big chunk of last year, I like fell out of that. And couldn't get back in. Stand-up is a perfect example. Like, I haven't done stand-up in ages. I haven't done stand-up in a long time either. But I, like... Pandemic just, like... I know. Me, too. Do you think And then I was, like, I was putting the condom on the mic uh, for all the shows. And I just (laughs) felt like everybody... And you can't do stand-up in a mask. And now I could get back into it. But it feels like I fucking sea legs. And it just... I don't know. It's hard to to have once been really good at something. And then stand-up is, like, you know, for people who don't know a lot of stand-up, whatever. It's, like, it truly is, like, the gym. Like, if you don't go for a week, you feel it. And let alone a couple uh, months or years, right? It's like you're starting from scratch. It really feels like you have nothing. You have no idea what you're doing up there, and it's really scary because then, especially with you, you've had a lot of success. So it's like there's expectation mm-hmm. for you to be really funny right away and do a great job. And I think that puts pressure on it. Do you think that like the but success- then there's that next level, like the super successful people when they're going out and trying stuff, it doesn't fucking matter because we're just happy to see Sandler, we're happy to see Chris Rock, we're happy to see whoever. I mean, those people are mega. But I even mean, like, yeah, I know Taylor's a good example. Like, yeah. if she's trying her stuff, she's fucking Taylor. Like, Taylor Tomlinson, we we, you're, we know she's funny. We know she's trying shit. I don't know why I don't feel, like, that comfy doing that at this moment. But I, but I have in the past. I've gotten so up on stage in the past for years. And just, and what's really wild is so many... So many people are always like, God, this is the scariest stand-up. This is the scariest fucking thing on the planet. And I've always been like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it objectively is. It just doesn't scare me. I think it's fun. I talk shit. It's d- absolutely a delight. I talk to the audience and like they're the way I, same way I talk to you. And it's just like this weird, I have a handful of skills and, you know, most none of them are athletic or mathematical or scientific or logistical in any way. But you can talk. But I can talk. Yeah. And it, but then for some reason I feel like, I guess maybe it almost feels like, like I need to, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you think that having that big boom of glow and like this big boom of success like puts Pre- puts pressure on you or there's like a maybe I've, I've done a lot so I don't know where am I going like does that is success sometimes defeating in some other ways I wonder because it's like it's not 
I wouldn't say it's defeating. No, Definitely. I mean, maybe that's, not, maybe that's not the right word. But, but you but know what I, I mean? Where it's, like, it's like, oh, I did it. Like, is this, this is it. I'm doing the thing that I always wanted to do. And so now it's, you've or, done it. Or it's like, I did the thing I always right. wanted to do. And so now, like anybody, well, yeah, it's like, next? well, what's next? Yes. It's like, right. that's, somebody, what, that's what I mean. But it's even like a friend of mine who like has a baby. And it's like, okay, well, now am I just a mom? I don't. Yeah. How do I restart my career after leaving it for a year and a half, two years to a carry the baby and now for a year, take care of the baby. And now it's like, well, who am I now? And I think similarly, when you have, it is this weird thing that I guess I'm a little insecure to talk about, but when you have the thing and then you, I shouldn't say I, I don't anymore because I, you know, we're all just like looking for the next thing. And, yeah. but like, let's say you have, you, you're on we're a, freelancers, you're on, <laughs> exactly. You're on a series and then COVID hits and they get rid of it. It's this weird thing where like, you almost feel in a weird way, like you don't have a right to be sad about it because other people never had that. And so it's like, okay, wah. You, this is exactly what we're talking about before. I'm like hyper aware of like, and I don't want to be this way, but I think you almost have to be like, I feel like I'm hyper aware of optics on like, oh man, that was really sad. (laughs) Because then I think the flip side is like, a lot of people listening never had anything close to a fucking opportunity like that. And it's like, you want me who has to work you know, three jobs to support my fucking kids to cry for you who no longer has your TV show. And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't, I don't want that at all. I just like, I, I, but it's all I'm just over here fucking with my own reality. It's know? all relative. I, I hear what you're saying. And I think like that self-awareness is great and what it keeps you very humble and great and great. We love it. We love it. But I think it's totally fair because that's your world. Yeah. You, that your world is you're an actress and a comic and, like it's you've hit it big with a really successful big Netflix show and like that's incredible and you also have had a very long career like you started how weren't you like nine or something I think that's like you kind started of what... uh, like very young it's not like you came here when you were like 25 and you're like I guess I'll give this a go like this has been your whole life even if I started so at a 25 period this would be a long time yeah. right but a six-month period of not feeling so creatively like can't wait to kill everyone to get this out there when you've been doing this since you were nine, I think is like totally healthy and normal and fair. I appreciate that. And it that. feels like shit. And no one, you know, I don't wish it on anyone. But I think that's like. I have a lot of friends who are like, do you think you were just like burnt out? And yeah, like, that's maybe what you're happened. Burnt out. And I was like, maybe because I've just been straight up. Because before Glow, I, I mean, it's a 30 year long career. And so before Glow, I was on my hustle in a way that was like insane. But what's weird is like, I was a kid actor. So in my teens, I was like going, going and like missing, you know, school and stuff and flying to LA and doing whatever. Um, But I had like a relatively, I mean, very normal childhood and cool parents and whatever. My brothers played sports and it was cool and I didn't work that much. So I came out to LA to do like a couple episodes of The Nanny or a commercial or whatever. And then when I graduated from high school, went to college for a semester, dropped out, came out here permanently um but in my 20s this really weird thing happened because I had already been in the entertainment business for you know 15 15 years years at that point and I started um like more focusing on like the dudes I was dating and like trying to do everything for them that I could and like sort of putting myself in like a little bit of a back seat and feeling like successful by um proximity 
Yeah. Like, you know, where I was like, well, cool, let's do this. And who, what are we, what are you wearing for the photo shoot? And what are you singing? And let me throw these lyric ideas at whatever those things were that I could always like sort of help cultivate in my partner instead of really focusing on myself. And then in my 30s, I really, that's when I really got into stand up, like my early 30s. And I was like, let's fucking go. And that changed everything. Um, that taking that class, that Jerry, that Jerry Katzman class, um, because I'd done stand up as a teenager, but I really got like a fire under my ass to just like put myself out there in like a real way. Because I think with a lot of actors and entertainers, like other than having our agents and managers, like you can't really do anything other than the phone, wait for the phone to ring. Mm -hmm. Except if you're actively putting yourself out there and making stuff or getting on stage or doing whatever. So that's what I really started. That's when I really started doing sort of all of, but it turned into a different hustle because it was like that kid hustle. Then this like combo backseat hustle of like, how can I make my partner the best? Just kind of so fucked up with looking back on it and doing work on it. But then in my thirties, the hustle got like insane. Well, so, okay. Great segue. We love a segue. We love a segue. But I hope you're feeling better now. Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling, as at the beginning of this year, I'm feeling great. I still have like weird little hangups that I never had before that I don't know where they came from, but I'm back in therapy. Thank Isn't God. Isn't life exhausting? It's oh, it's unbelievably It's like exhausting. every time you think you're okay, then another thing comes up and you're like, what is that? What? what? It's like Groundhog's Day. It's like fucking playing whack-a-mole with all your fucking yeah. issues. And you're like, I I thought we did. I either thought we did this and we're fine, or we're the f I'm in my thirties. Where did that come from? Playing. I've always been fine with that. Why am I now terrified that's, to do this that's thing? That's actually a very that's a very astute observation because it isn't just like I'm famously very things. astute. I yeah, just want, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very, very astute. I, I really <laughs> um, what an astute thing to say that you're so astute. But I, I just feel like <laughs> there, there is a lot. There are a lot of things like as I get older, where like, well, we've talked about this, where it's like certain things happen in your life. And then they, like, change your yeah. psychology. They change how you feel about a thing. I mean, it's a similar, like, if you've always been a super trusting person, but then you date someone, as we both did two times, <laughs> with... Um, Not-so-nice boys. Right. Well, just that, like, if someone's, if someone's re lying all the time and gaslighting all the time, it's like... You, it, there's no way to go into your next thing and just be like, yeah, cool, I'm back to my normal trusting self because now your eyes have been opened. Here's a perfect example. I was never afraid of being stuck in an elevator till I got stuck in an elevator. And then every time I go in an elevator, I know what can happen now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's super easy just not to think about it. I don't give a fuck. I'm in an elevator. Right. It's 10 seconds. What's going to happen? But now I'm like, I know what it feels like. I know how I'm crying. I know that my cell phone doesn't work. I know that I can't get out of here. Now I know. You have too much information. Of course. I mean, same with like dating somebody who, I mean, I think the thing about dating somebody who is a chronic, who gaslights you and who's a liar and pathological and all that is that like you then learn your, for so long, you go, my instincts are wrong. My when I'm question I'm questioning my own gut instincts, my own hundred percent, and you're starting to be like I don't even know what I I've lived this long. Have I been doing everything wrong? Have I just been wrong about everything? If, if I'm totally wrong about what I, it's like, it makes you feel. So if you go through an experience, and maybe people listening have gone through. I think everyone has gone through some course. I, I, I rarely know someone who's gone well, through unscathed. You know what's really weird is some people just truly that was me until. You were that person who never I had think, to go through, never date a, a, a bad boy. No, I didn't. I didn't until I didn't until our first mutual, <laughs> because I, I really didn't. My boyfriends were were amazing. Yeah, like we, we they weren't. 
Although my very first boyfriend was a musician and he just wasn't a great boyfriend, but he was a good person. Yeah. And he's not like a he sociopath. Was a tra- he wasn't traumatizing no. you. He's like a yeah. rock star. And he like, yeah. you know, very likely wanted to get his dick wet on the road. Yeah. And like we weren't, it's funny because he was my boyfriend for three years, but like there were chunks where we weren't official and chunks where we were. And I think like I was 21 yeah. and that gray area was very convenient for him to go and do whatever. It's not, I'm not making excuses for him. It was painful for me at the time, but. I don't think grand scale. This is not a bad person. No, I, I know. There's yeah. a difference. I mean, like it, our second mutual is a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. so, I truly don't know any other Me woman neither. who shares as many exes as we do. No, and I don't I'm, honor, I'm honestly honored to have this connection with you because I think you're so wonderful. Same. That I'm like, that I'm like cool. Of course. Like, at, they're pieces of, of shit, course. but at least they have great taste. Like, of course. We, I, we now know a community of women who've all been... Burned well, by this guy, and they've all, all come out. Yeah, they all, all talk to each other. So hot, oh so God. funny, so cool, and I'm like, honestly, good for me. Like yeah. this lineup is good. Yeah, this is. It's honestly, it's a fire lineup. It's a fire. It's a fire lineup. So it's like, and also, it thing. makes you feel less had. Because you're like, that hot, smart-ass bitch who could get anyone also got had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this guy sucks. Anyway, um, I want to ask you about... Wait, what was your second question? Oh, it was the fight. Got it. Okay. Because I, I hate when I'm listening you. to podcasts and, and then, then you're people, like, I wanted the I answer. I love a tangent more than anything. But then you don't get a question. Like, what's the answer? We have to quench. We have to quench. So we the, the qu- Yeah, we quench. Or is there anything that annoys you a lot when you're traveling? Is I there mean, anything? Are you for like, me, it's like... I, I, my, my most important thing when I'm traveling, even like for a weekend getaway to Big Bear, I, preparedness, we already talked about it. It's so important to me. Like, I just, I hate not having what I need. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, comic, comically need, you know, so much less than, than <laughs> I need. And so for me, it's like, but I'm not getting anyone else involved. I'm not making you, it anyone else's problem. Do you have like a million bags? No. I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it because I used to tour. And so I used to do these like college tours. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I would do, you know, I would fly like 100 days a year. Wild. And so, wild. Um, and so I was so good at it. And I had like everything was preset. Like if I was traveling, like the mini shampoo, conditioner, da, 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 everything else, everything I needed was already ready to go. And so I knew I always, I would go to Trader Joe's and I knew what snacks I had to bring because when you're in Kearney, Nebraska, in 2012, you're not getting any vegetarian or vegan options. So, you know, you are on your shit. Bitch, come on. So are you now like, you can find a Sprouts anywhere. Are you just like, when you're trying to get prepared, are you looking at like Yelp? Are you looking at TripAdvisor? Are you That's just Googling the shit? Of, are you like TikTok going through things? Like, what are you doing to get your information? This won't surprise you at all. I don't have TikTok. Um, Good for you. I had to learn what, well. They're going to shut it down eventually anyway. I had to learn what thought was. So, um... <laughs> I literally thought globe thotting was like a cute way to spell like instead of trotting, yeah. obviously, but then like thoughts, like we're thoughts like we're thinking, and but a cute way to spell it. And I'm I was like, okay, go with let's go with that too. Don't fucking talk down it's to me, vague. please. Don't no, I'm like, like that. Do not <laughs> condescend. Okay, <laughs> years on you. I could be your mother. No, um, not at all. If your mother had you when she was eight, eight. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Um, but. Um, 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 what else bothers me? Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't everything. I I don't I don't n- know. Well, as because you've spent so much time touring. I mean, you you toured. Did you ever do like big cross country tours? No. So here's up? what's weird about NACA and what we're saying is the National Association of Campus Activities (NACA). Um, what the craziest thing about NACA is that 
um, they, it wasn't tours. It was like you would do a conference. So ideally, the schools, like if you did, let's say, NACA West, the schools okay. were like Calif- the California schools, Oregon, Washington, Oregon schools, yeah. Washington schools, whatever. But so you would hope, but then that was for the entire school year. And if you're only doing NACA West region, but then like a couple a week um, a week later you do NACA Northeast. Well, now you've got a show in Maine on on January fifteenth, and you've got a show at whatever college in Costa Mesa in California on January seventeenth. And now you're just flying from New York to California. Yeah, it costs so much money. The t- it's super time consuming, and so it wasn't a thing where like if you're at an agency and they pl- book you a tour, you're going in order. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You're yeah. going from. There's rhyme and reason. Of course. Yeah. But with NACA, I had no job. I had no money. I had no other opportunities. And I loved it. And I enjoyed it so much. But it was also like, I look back on it. And it's funny. I, I recently came across cleaning out my office. I came across like folders and folders and folders of all the paperwork I would print, which was the contract from my agent, all my flight information, my rental car information, my hotel information, my driving information in case my phone didn't work. I had MapQuested from the, um, which by the way, I only, Hell yeah, MapQuest. I only figured out to do that after I was in Upper Peninsula, Michigan in a snowstorm and had no phone service and couldn't figure out how to get fucking to anywhere. So then I was like, cool, I'll laugh at myself and be map questing or whatever the fuck, maps.com. And then (laughs) I had to figure all that out. But there was so much logistics and so much going on then. And I look back and like, I was making a dollar and the amount I was working, I was making no money. And I was just... But you're having so much fun. You know... And get your chops. I got my chops as fuck, but... I had fun sometimes, but it was also like, I mean, we haven't, we haven't gotten into like scariest travel stories, but I got about 300 of those. Okay. Tell us. Okay. Let's pick, I never, pick listen, a couple. Come on. Listen, I never got in a big fight or shit my pants. Sorry to sadden the viewers. No, but, but you I've got been better. In, Come I've on. Been, I mean, what was your when scariest? you're a woman oh, traveling so- alone in the middle Ugh. of the country and you're trying to save money and you, there are, and you don't really know where you're staying and the hotel and the motel, excuse me, makes itself look okay with pictures online. And then you show up and you're in Alabama and, uh, all they're doing construction on the road. So you're driving like in the middle of the night or whatever, 11 o'clock at night, you land and you have to pick up your rental car. You're driving in the dark. It's terrifying. This is probably, I don't even think there were maps on phones, actually. There weren't. This was 2010, or t- 2010 to 2014, and I had, I would bring my Garmin or my TomTom. I'd bring my, remember those? Those little maps. You had to, okay, Chelsea, youngin, before our cell phones, people actually had cameras. Now, cameras, that's the, that's the thing in the phone that takes the pictures, but that used to be its own thing. Okay, so, okay, patronizing. Now, now <laughs> well, let me continue to condescend. Let me continue to condescend. Maps, same thing. So there was a device in your, that you could put in your car. 
Okay. And you would literally put it on your dashboard, and it was like yeah, beaming to I know, satellites. I know. Well, then why'd you look at me so blankly when I said a Garmin and TomTom? Because I didn't know the I didn't know uh, the legal term. The, yes, I didn't know the legal definition. But I know you're talking about the, the actual like yeah. thing where it was like a it was like a nav. A hundred percent. Yeah, like a nav. Yes, yeah, like a car yeah, navigation. A, system. a car navigation yes. system. Okay. So I didn't know TomTom. I thought Tom was like those shoes, like the Toms, like those little like that company didn't even exist when I was doing. Okay, this. So fine. So you had a car navigation system. Honestly, this wouldn't even be a successful pod if we didn't fight at least once. So. <laughs> we I had a car navigation system because yeah that's the fucking technical term. I Sorry, the, I the, the, okay. I'm so, I apologize. I had, I had an automobile vehicular. Uh, it was stick driving shift. She's navigation. Seven hundred years right. old. Yeah, that's right. That, um, I haven't even seen a stick shift was, since I went uh, to like you know. It was a Mack truck, and this was over the CB. <laughs> so I'm in, and I have the little nav system, and um, it's all scary. And I get to the motel, and it's like indoor outdoor where the like where the rooms are like there's no like you don't walk into the lobby and then the rooms are inside. No, it's like it's like window where outdoor. everyone gets like um murdered. It's you know? a motel. Yeah, 100%. where you like walk up there's like stairs Anybody and could like, walk right up there. to my door yeah, yeah. and the door is like a literal T- key. Terrifying. And the door is like thin. Yeah. Made terrifying. of coffee made of like compacted coffee filters and you like punch your hand right through it. Yeah. You're so, just it's like you're basically uh, waiting to get raped. That's right. So okay. I go to the front desk and the lady is very lovely who's helping me. Um no teeth. And so dead serious. And so she is helping me and she couldn't, be, she honestly couldn't have been sweeter. And there was a guy in the, if you feel excuse the expression, business center, which was like truly a Dell tower with a monitor the size of a fucking coaster. Incredible. And they, he was sitting there uh, and I had my guitar on my back because I was obviously on the road and he looks over at me and he goes, uh, uh, is that a guitar? And I was like, oh boy. Uh Yeah. It is. And he's like, why don't you play something for me? He's shit-faced. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm really tired. I've been traveling all day. And he's like, you won't even play me one thing? And I was like, oh, I really don't want to engage with this guy. And he was like a little bit angry, but I was like, oh, that was a little bit scary. But, you know, no big deal. That was nothing. I just yeah. And the woman at the front desk um, doesn't say my room out loud. And she respectfully, because that was another thing. I would ask them to change my room if they said my room out loud. Because then there's all these random people. Totally. That's a good travel tip. Great where job. They, yeah. they need to point, and mo, any, most hotels, they'll look at it and they'll, they'll point to it and they'll go, you're on the sixth floor and they'll point to your room because you don't want people knowing what your room is. Now, that might sound anal retentive. <laughs> Listen to the rest of the story. So she gives me my key and she sort of sees that and she was like, gives me the like hand, like he's okay, you know, whatever. He's a little drunk. I go around the corner and there is another, oh, and this guy was in his like, the construct a construction worker like an orange vest. Then I go around the corner and the and there's another guy in a construction worker orange vest and he's sitting on like a bench, and he has like a flip phone, and he's like, uh, "You're the girl with the guitar." Something like, "Oh, my buddy said you were gonna walk by." Like, what did the guy at the computers tell the other guy? What I don't know. And I was like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, ran up to my room, and when I was going to my room. The windows were open. So apparently they were doing work on the road outside and like 60 or 100, whatever the number was, 20, 30, who fucking knows. All the construction workers were alone and lonely and drunk and rowdy and staying in this motel. And I was the only other person staying in the motel. Oh, my God, no. And the I walked by this like glass, uh, not glass, I'm sure plexi, <laughs> a window. So I walked by and it was like... Um, they were like acting like animals. They were banging on the window when I walked by and they were like, woo! And they were like screaming and banging and pounding beers and throwing them. And 
they they I walked by them and my room was on the other side of that room. And it wasn't a connecting door or anything, but I got really scared and you know, trust your gut and I was like, I, I don't I'm not gonna be able to sleep here overnight. It's like anybody could get in here. This is crazy. And um I don't know, maybe they were otherwise good people, but it was like as a young woman alone, I was de- definitely scared. And they were all acting like rowdy and stupid and aggressive. Yeah, and kind and of peacocking for each other. 100%. Yeah. And then I called the front desk and I was like, hey, uh, my boyfriend at the time, I called him and his he was in Cleveland with his dad. And they were like, you're not staying there. We're finding you another hotel. Okay, here's the address. Here's the directions. Here's where you're going. That's a good boyfriend. Have the lady at the front desk walk you to your car. And I called the front desk and I was like, let's call her Amber. And I was like, hey, Amber, um, can I, I'm not going to stay here. Uh, and she said, I think that's a good idea. <gasps> She said, I think that's a good idea. Okay. And I said, chills, because she probably heard what those fucking guys were talking about after I went to my room or whatever, but who knows? And I said, Will you? And she said, Let me come up and get you. I'll walk you to your car. That is a good, that is what we're that's talking a about. Good woman. So that's she came what we're talking about. Full body chills. She came up to my room. She walked me back down to my car. The guys did the same bullshit again on the window. The other two fucking guys were now both on the bench, drinking beers, talking shit. Oh, you're leaving so soon. Da-da-da. Was it something I said? All this fucking goading me, terrifying. She walked me to my car I left and I stayed in a different hotel and I think it was like the most I was in the room and I think it was like objectively the most like tangibly in danger I ever felt yeah that's really scary they were banging on the wall this is what I mean but like guys will come on the pod and talk about how they like you know I hitchhiked around this by myself with nothing no no phone I just wanted to live off the you know whatever I'll live off the land like go with the flow and I'm like yeah you can do that nice because like most people are not trying to I mean you know whatever I don't want to most people are not trying to hurt you or rape you or attack you Mm -hmm. but like there are and the truth is most most people are not trying to hurt also trying not to hurt us yeah yeah I know but but some are. Yeah. And I, that's enough. And I, it's interesting because I get really hot in the face about this because I had an ex who was like, I feel like he was so supportive and otherwise kind of a feminist and wonderful. But I think guys can tend to have a blind spot when it comes to the safety of women because he was like, I would ask him to walk me from my car when I would get there at night. And he was like, it's, I'm in Studio City. You're, you really think like... He's like, I think you have like a heightened sense of like no. you be he's like, I think you have like a heightened sense of like you being in danger. Like, I think you think you're in danger more than like anyone's ever thought they're in danger. And I'm like, you're my boyfriend and it would make me feel safer if you just like so sorry I just drove all the way here and you have to walk down five steps to meet me at my car. Like, I guess what real you realize as you get older is like, I don't really want to be with a person who's not like pumped to walk me from my car. Who where my safety isn't so their priority to the point where it's like by the way, if I said my if my boyfriend said something that he was scared and vulnerable about and I thought it was silly, I don't give a fuck. I want to make you feel good. I'll help you with whatever you need help with. But also it's just like you don't get it. You don't get you it. Don't you get are it. not as vulnerable. Even if you're a strong person who yep. works out, you're a strong, you know, you, you kickbox every day, whatever. Yep. It's just like there is a certain amount of vulnerability that we have yep. that men that most men don't, they don't have, have. Maybe smaller men or, or uh, you know, our LGBTQ friends. Of course. They go through this too. Like men, they go through, if they're in a small town where there's a lot of fucked up people, oh, they, they yeah. feel that. So like there are people who feel Absolutely. it. But, I, you know, in, I'm speaking very generally. Women are more, I mean, look, there's like entire sex op- like ring operations that are like, you know what? Honestly, those people could have been a part of a sex ring. Like, I, mean, I don't know that they had the whiz for it. But, but you maybe. know what I'm saying? It's like, I it hear, just, either I way, see it was this terrifying. shit constantly. And 
a lot of my female comic friends will say that they, because they've traveled, because they've toured, because they've been these small shithole towns and they've had to stay in these scary motels, they are way more aware of the dangers of traveling alone than and most women I know. The flip side, too, is like this is a time in our lives when we're not making any money. Mm. And so... Yeah, the argument can be made like, well, why aren't you staying in the Holiday Inn in the main town? You think I have $200 to spend? Yeah. I'm making eight. Yeah. And I've just paid for my flight and my rental car and my hotel, and I have to pay my agent, and I have to pay taxes. And I have to eat. I'm going home <laughs> with $150, yeah. guys. Yeah. And I don't think it was that bad. Maybe I was going home with $400. No, but it's still, But it's like, yeah. of my $400 I'm going home with, I'm not spending an extra 150 Yeah. But it came to a point where I had to. Certainly that instance I had to. Yeah. It's expensive to be safe. It really <laughs> is. It's very, it, it definitely is, is an added thing. So basically what we're trying to say is if you go on a first date with a girl and she wants you to buy her a coffee, buy her a goddamn coffee because mm-hmm. she's got to spend $150 extra to stay at the Holiday Inn. You know it. I also I wanted to one. ask you about Marrakesh. I know we I know we have thing I know whatever I really wanted to ask you about Marrakesh. You have five more minutes to talk about Marrakesh. Yeah, but it's like Marrakesh isn't a five minute. But yes, Marrakesh is the is so unbelievable. I the, um, unfortunately about Marrakesh, my the best news is I went with one of my best friends, Evan, and he planned the entire thing, and that was incredible. Because with Peru, I pr- I planned the whole thing. With Israel, I went with like a group, so I didn't have to do anything. With Costa Rica, I went with Much number one. He planned it <laughs> and he killed it. He did an amazing job. Um, and So sorry you had to go with, with him, though. Honestly, we had a great time. Great, I right. didn't find out that he was really up to no good until after. Yeah. Um, Marrakesh was... Oh, the souks in Marrakesh. The colors. Like, it's honestly, hard it's to not get quiet when you think about Marrakesh because it's like... <laughs> it's just... It's, it's life-changing. You're going to, like... A proper, it's interesting, obviously, there's technology and there's this and there's that, but you're going to this ancient place that feels ancient. Mm -hmm. Like the walls of the center of town are the same walls that have been the, I'm sure they've been either reconstructed or fixed, but it's like you feel like, parts of it feels like you're almost timeless, similar to Machu Picchu, like when you're up there, you don't have the pleasant trees or the luxuries of 20. 20s 2010s and so you're just like it could be any time it's like you're in this timeless beautiful experience and place it's I can't recommend it enough it was oh my god was it amazing the food was amazing the people were amazing where'd you stay gorgeous um I forget they're called something there they're called something Riyadh so the hotels in um, Marrakesh are called Riyadhs, and I don't remember the name of the one we stayed in, but they're so incredible because they're ancient. They're so old. They're made of stone. That's so and cool. And I think, and I might be getting the history on this wrong, but back in the day, it was where like either the royalty or the super rich lived. Like These were their palaces, and now they're... Riyads, which are hotels for people to stay in and you're going through these and what's crazy is none of the streets are named and so I'm not joking so we got into the city and a car could only take you too f- so far and um, so we got in we took a taxi from the airport and they drop us off at the edge of the center of town where cars can't go in and um, a man with a wheel a donkey 
a man riding a donkey with a wheelbarrow put our suitcases in the wheelbarrow and we walked next to the man with the donkey in the wheelbarrow to our Riyadh through these like sna- the intricacies of these snake-like streets that have no signs on them. You just know that it's like the third one down, you make a right to the left one and that's... Yeah. And some of the streets had signs, but not all. Yeah. And then we get to our Riyadh and we have to ring this bell and this man comes down in these special gorgeous clothes and he checks us in and it's... I'll have to show you pictures and maybe you can post them, but it's like... You're in another world. Yeah. You're not. Like, it was the opposite. And listen, no shade on Copenhagen and Stockholm. There's so much cool shit there. But. It's different. You are in another world. You have traveled to another dimension. Yeah. You've traveled into, like, I mean, to be uh, shallow about it, you've traveled into a movie. Things you only would see in movies. And it's also just, like, I think I have a lot of anxiety, too. So I feel like I relate to that where it's, like, sometimes those trips are better for people who are have anxiety because it's you in a way feel like you're so out of your day that you're kind of shocked out of your system. You're so present and the anxiety is so when you're depressed, you're in the past, when you're anxious, you're in the future. When you're kind of in this place of like, everything is so unfamiliar. You're so present. You're so present. present Oh my God. That it's like kind of the only thing that makes me not feel anxious is like, which is a very expensive medication. My last question of the day is what do you enjoy most about traveling? What have you learned about yourself through traveling? Um, I mean, I just keep like on my broken record, but my anxiety is quelled in all instances of my life when I have information. So when I'm in a partnership, communication is the most important thing because if I don't know what's going on, my anxiety spikes and I have a lot of questions. And even if they're not rational, if we're just communicating, I feel better. And it's similar with travel. It's like, I'm scared to travel, you know, let's say by myself internationally or even with a homegirl internationally. So the more prepared I am, the more comfortable I I then obviously am. So for me, it's like managing my own like neuroses. Like, I mean, this is kind of happy, sad, and I think it maybe uh, maybe is a lot of us, and maybe it's just me and you. But it's like my whole life is like a series of. I mean, there's so much joy and so much laughter and fucking love in my life, so I don't want to make it sound like this. But a lot of pieces of my life are about mitigating anxiety mm-hmm. and being able to like because these these trips that I've taken are so joyful and so incredible, and I think a lot of that. First of all, a lot of that is like getting out of your own way. It's like I get on the plane feeling like fucking, I was going to say Woody Allen, but let's not use him anymore. But I get on the plane feeling like Larry David and I get off feeling like fucking um, Crocodile Dundee. It's like a <laughs> nice hot recent reference. But I'm just like, I get off this plane like, I, I'm so, I get on the plane, I'm like, I'm so nervous, I need to make sure I have my Prilosec. And then I get off and I'm like, what, are we fucking... Like, ziplining, are we swimming yeah. with the sharks? What the fuck are we doing? Like, like, shocks your system. Yeah, like, I'm almost a different person, and I love that. And to your point earlier of, like, when you get back, that's when you find people because you're, like, the hottest, most powerful, freest, openest, yes, openest, um, version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think I, something I, I've learned about myself from traveling is, like, it totally changes my chemistry in, like, the most gorgeous way. And it's something that I need to do every year, obviously, in lockdown 20 and 2021. I wasn't able to. And then um, 2022 just happened. And I just didn't travel. So this year, for sure, I don't know where I'm going, but it's going to be for a minute. 
and it's going to not be in the United States. Jackie, you're so wonderful. Thank and you're so, much. so You're just so cool and so talented, and I really am glad that I know you. I'm, really I'm glad gl- that I know you, and I'm glad that that outro blew smoke up my ass as much as the intro, because... But I really feel I don't it. Want the, well, I just I didn't want the outro to fall short. The intro no, to be so shiny, and the sure. outro to be like, good to have you. Yeah. I it, probably would have felt bad. This was fine. This was, wow. Wow. It took what a if turn, I, what if it's I, because I shone a light on it. What if I, what if I was just like, this was what it was? Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, we did a podcast. And then we just hear a door close. <laughs> this was a podcast. Goodbye. We'll see you next week on Globe Thotting with Chelsea Kim.